Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, co-insurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode, hey Jewel. Hi, Em. This GMA scandal has rocked us. I cannot believe that this time last week I had absolutely no idea who TJ and Amy were. And now not only is it our biggest news story of the week, but I think I've said those two names more time this week than I've said my own. I, I know. I mean, this came out, let's say, last Wednesday or so. And it was the kind of thing, because we were together when the story broke and we looked at each other and we were like, this is going to be fun to talk about on the podcast. I can't believe, I both can and can't believe the way that this story has taken on the life that it has, because I never would have expected like a 1 p.m. Good Morning America time slot host to captivate us the way that like a celebrity scandal would. I think so much of it was the way that it was presented to us. I think we all saw that first initial tweet about them deactivating their Instagram accounts. And we were like, okay, we're hooked on this. Right. We get the tweet. Good morning, America. Co-anchors Amy Robach and TJ Holmes, who are both in separate marriages, have deactivated their Instagram accounts after being spotted on a romantic getaway together. Like, I am clicking on that 10 out of 10 times. It was just presented in a way where it would have been a TV show that we were all addicted to, like the morning show. And instead, it was real life. And we've been following the scandal kind of ever since. And also... I think the best part about the whole thing, at least for me, was that the day after we were all able to tune in and see them on air together. Well, that kind of builds on your exact point of comparing this to a, quote, celebrity scandal, meaning let's say news broke of two co-stars who are filming a movie together, both married, and it turns out they were having an affair. Obviously, we would be so curious to watch them interact, but most likely they would kind of have the luxury of laying low. Even, and this is a totally different scenario, but think about Harry and Olivia at the Venice Film Festival. We were so tuned into wanting to watch any of their interactions on the carpet, and that wasn't an affair. They were in a full-blown relationship, but we were just so curious. And with this, it's kind of like you're getting the insight you always wish you could have of, what is their interaction going to be like in the wake of all of this news? Of course, it's their televised reaction. It's not the texts that are happening behind the scenes, but it still, I think, gives us so much more than we ever would normally get with, quote, normal celebrities that don't have to be on the air every day at 1 p.m. The other thing here, which you wouldn't typically get, is that there's also so much footage of them together. And now people can go back and watch it with a completely different lens than they maybe would have before if they weren't previously suspecting anything. And so they can kind of go back and look at the footage of them and see like, oh, are we picking up on anything here? Is there any flirtation? When do you think this started? Which is not something that you ever really get because let's say you were dealing with co-stars having an affair. A lot of the time, what you're watching the footage of is them acting. This is them as real people interacting. Right. And before we really get into it, let's kind of first map out what we know, which this is a constantly developing story. As we know, the most recent development is that they've been taken off the air, at least temporarily. We will get into more of that in a little bit. But the first question everyone had is, okay, they're both technically married, but what is the deal in both of their marriages? And the zoomed out answer is that we really don't know because the reports are a little bit conflicting. I think there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes to maybe alter some of the timelines. But top line is that Amy is married to Andrew Shu, who's a former actor on Melrose Place, and TJ is married to a woman named Marley Feibig. 
Amy and her husband, Andrew, have apparently been separated since August. And with TJ and his wife, Marilee, it's seemingly a little bit more unclear. They apparently were separated, but were still actively trying to work through it. And she was reportedly blindsided by this entire thing. I will say that if you've read a lot of articles about this, as we have, it seems to me that there are some very carefully placed source quotes that are actively trying to kind of alter the timeline to make this a little bit more kosher than it maybe is. Do you get that same sense? I do get that vibe. And what I'm picking up on is that it is definitely sources trying to make it seem, which could be true, which could not be true. We really don't know for sure, but really make it seem like this dates back to once they both separated from their partners, Amy and her husband, who apparently separated in August, TJ and his wife, who apparently have been separated for some time now, although reports say that they were trying to work things out. I think what's interesting here, though, is that One of the main reports that came out is that this affair started once they were training for the marathon together. The New York City Marathon was November 6th. But there's a video that has gone viral of them giving marathon training tips. And that video was from March. And that is the video that I think everyone was kind of looking at being like, oh, wow, something is definitely going on here or at least brewing here. As far as I'm concerned, if I was betting on this, there is absolutely no world in which this affair started post-August. Because even if we want to take away that viral marathon training video, which was from March, where say what you want, the chemistry or whatever you want to call it was undeniable. They are clearly infatuated with one another. That aside, just a few weeks ago, November 13th, that was the paparazzi photos of them for their romantic weekend getaway in upstate New York. You're telling me that if this affair started towards the end of August, right after their, quote, separations occurred, that just a few months later, they already have the balls to be taking a romantic getaway? There is no way this has been building. I think that one of the craziest aspects of this story, though, is that, you know, we're combing through these clips and watching all of this stuff come out. And the general reaction from the public seems to be cheating is wrong. But also, there is a undeniable chemistry here. Well, I think if you're looking at this as if it were a TV show, which I mean it is, but I'm saying if you're looking at this entire scandal as if it were a TV show, they unintentionally are kind of giving the public what they want in terms of we can comb back through that footage and call on very specific instances where you're like, wait a second, something was going on here, where this could have been going on and they would have been so buttoned up on set that you would have never gotten that. But you watch that marathon video, I don't think your first takeaway would have been they're definitely hooking up, but you definitely would have noticed like the palpable sexual tension that was so clearly there. I will say also that I've seen a lot of tweets that have been brought back up of people saying from like a year ago, two years ago, like, oh, there's got to be something going on here before they had any knowledge of the affair because that was just the way they interacted with each other. Well, that's kind of what I was saying about the conflicting reports, because in one article, you'll have a quote from someone that is seemingly close to the situation that says, Everyone other than maybe the producers knew something was going on because there was no way that this was entirely kosher. And then there'll be a quote, which in my opinion, has to be from one of their teams that basically says nothing even remotely went on until after August. And to me, I don't know, I could be wrong. There's just no way. No, to me, there's no way either. And even if let's say nothing physically happened, something was brewing for a while, which listen, I'm not going to sit here and define what cheating is, but I will say that there was clearly something going on long before, even if they want to allege that's when it started. Yeah. And that's why, and again, these are only the reports that we're getting. Neither of their spouses have spoken out themselves, but in terms of TJ's wife, Marilee, Yes, they've seemingly been separated for a little while now, but they were together on his birthday, which was August 19th. And she apparently found out about this when the rest of the world did and is totally devastated because they, again, from the reports, were kind of trying to work it out. So it's like, as I was kind of processing this whole story, of course, initially the salaciousness of it all kind of took me over because you can't believe you're getting this and then you can't believe you get to watch them on the air. But then of course the humanity of it sets in of like, 
wow, this is really jarring for their spouses and like a really unfair way to receive this news. Whether you're TJ's wife, who was reportedly still trying to work it out, or you're Andrew, who, yeah, may have been separated, but you know most likely this was happening while you were still together. So uh, while that's not the most, quote, enticing element of the story, it can't be lost on us. I mean, there are two people that I have to imagine are very hurt in all of this. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. But also, one of the other elements of this story is that there are now reports coming out about TJ having previous affairs with other people working at ABC. Right. I mean, just this morning, an article dropped saying TJ Holmes is an alleged serial cheater, and it cites two separate affairs, one with a GMA producer, Natasha Singh, that was allegedly going on for about three years, dating back to 2016, and a second with an unnamed GMA staffer, which now reports are saying could contribute to them being taken off the air. We'll get into more of that. But this is a little bit unrelated, maybe. I just need to talk about it with someone. I don't know if you guys saw, but In March of 2020, TJ made a post that was for a decade challenge, kind of dedicated to his wife. And whether or not an affair ever happened, if Amy never existed, if I am his wife and I'm reading this, to me, it's anything but romantic, which I'm going to read in a second, but I just need to know top level. Did you feel the same way reading that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm reading this to you guys. This particular decade challenge is a little late, but 10 years ago, Marilee Feibig married me. And despite my best efforts, she remained married to me the past 10 years. That's not hyperbole. I'm not being dramatic. I gave her plenty of reasons, excuses, and opportunities to walk her fine ass out the door. But instead, with her built-in black woman superpower, she showed a grace and patience that's incomprehensible. Asking her for another 10 years would be asking too much. Another 10 months? That may even be a stretch. If she gave me another 10 weeks, I should consider myself lucky. If she puts up with me another 10 days, I'd be grateful. But if she would even spare another 10 minutes of her time for me today, I should consider myself blessed. This is Marilee Feibig Holmes, y'all. And I, TJ Holmes, do solemnly swear that I was her. Hashtag decade challenge. That is a fucking crazy pose to put up. Yeah, I mean, I guess his intention there was kind of romantic, but to me that just felt highly bizarre. And as if he was pretty much acknowledging without saying it that he has no business being married to a woman as spectacular as she is because he clearly has done her wrong many times. Again, he didn't cite that specifically, but I don't know, even just reading that, that was like not something that I think you want to receive from your husband. You, you of course want them to think of you highly, but not as if like they can't even believe that you would give them 10 more minutes of your time. You want to be married to someone that can't believe you want to spare them 10 minutes. That was one of the first things that also went viral when the story was breaking was that post. I think that was like one of the first things that people dug up. And the general reaction to that was just like, 
men will always <laughs> admit their wrongdoings in a way that to them seems like they're doing right by the person. And that was, I think, the general reaction to that. And also that anniversary post came out and was, you know, being scrutinized prior to even finding out that there were other affairs previously. And I think that what came out in that most recent page six article was that his wife may have even known about some of those previous affairs. So, I mean, talk about not romantic at all when you have that knowledge. Right. That's what I'm saying. Even if Amy didn't exist, if I am reading that everything else aside, I'm just like, something else is going on here, which I also want to mention going off of his wife, maybe having knowledge. None of this is confirmed. So I cannot say it with full certainty, but there are reports that there was apparently a private investigator hired. Some reports say that by Amy's husband, Andrew, some say by TJ's wife, Marilee, it's totally unconfirmed, but I just want to throw that into the conversation because it does exist there. The other thing here with TJ's previous affairs is that when reports came out that TJ was previously having a separate affair with this GMA producer that went on for a couple of years, according to these reports, one of the reports that also came out was sources saying that during that time, TJ was leaning on Amy and that both TJ and Natasha, the GMA producer, both confided in Amy about this affair. Right, which you have that, the report saying, you know, one of the reasons that they got so close over the years is because both him and Natasha confided in Amy, not only about the affair, but also about the state of their marriages at the time. And then on top of that, you have the more recent report, which is, you know, partially their affair started because Amy could really lean on TJ when she was going through her separation with Andrew. And it was only after the fact that anything happened. So it's just like two wild quotes about leaning on each other in very different ways that may have contributed to this whole thing. That's why, like, there's a lot here. I was just going to say, I know we started the segment by saying, I can't believe that TJ and Amy from Good Morning America 3 are our biggest news stories of the week. But as we're going through all of the details of this and all of the sources and all of the reports, like, of course, this is the biggest news story of the week. This is one of the juiciest stories I've ever heard. No, I know there are a lot of moving parts here, which kind of brings us to the most recent development that we'll get into in one second. But just to go back to last Thursday, after this news breaks, they're on the air for their normal time slot and they kind of come on joking about it. TJ says something about, you know, the weekend's coming, but wow, what a great week. And Amy says something like, well, speak for yourself, kind of acknowledging it without really saying anything. And then on Monday's episode, they are noticeably absent. It starts out by saying that they apparently have the day off. And then later in the day, Monday, this is from CNN, ABC News President Kim Godwin announced Monday during an internal call that the pair would not host their daily 1 p.m. show. Godwin told staffers on the call that the alleged affair had become too much of a, quote, internal and external distraction. She said, after a lot of thought, I'm taking Amy and TJ off the air as we figure this out. Godwin added that while Holmes and Roback's alleged affair was not, quote, a violation of company policy, the decision to take them out of their anchor chairs was necessary for the GMA brand as a whole. According to page six, it also was reported that TJ's alleged cheating with an ABC staffer was also one of the reasons that they were yanked off because that has become a distraction. It's a little bit more unclear about the legitimacy to that. But I mean, Kim's statement is, is on the record. So that to me felt... I don't know. I see really mixed reports. Some people think it makes so much sense and other people, which I think is more where I stand, are a little taken by that of like, yeah, this may be morally wrong, but they're two consenting adults. They're not technically doing anything that's unethical or illegal. And if anything, I mean, their ratings would have been through the roof. I didn't even know about GMA3 up until last week and I've never tuned in more. So it, 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 to me, that was a strange move. I don't know. It was a strange move for me as well. I think that I, I have a couple of thoughts here. My initial reaction was obviously like, that is the dumbest thing you could possibly do. The ratings are going to be through the roof, at least for the next couple of weeks of people tuning in just to see them interact with each other. So from a producer standpoint or from a network standpoint, no move has ever made less sense. Um, in terms of the message that it sends, I don't think it's for ABC to decide if two consenting adults can or cannot have an affair and how wrong that is. I think that sends a, a kind of a crazy message. The third aspect of it, though, that I do understand is 
kind of the distraction element and if it felt internally like it was going to cause an issue for the show or if there were other affairs previously that TJ had had that are now becoming an issue and they were kind of covering their bases, you know, with any of those things potentially coming out that I could understand. But if I'm ABC, I want to make it super clear that like two consenting adults are allowed to have an affair. That's not why they were taking off the air. This is the real reason because the narrative that you can run with in that case, I think is, is it's a crazy message to send across as a network. And on top of that, I'll reiterate, I cannot believe they would do that with the viewership being what it could potentially become. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It would have been through the roof. Right. Like I would have never in a million years thought to watch the 1 p.m. time slot of Good Morning America. But I have never been more interested in anything than at least for the next couple of weeks, seeing if they're going to say something, just how they interact with each other, the little hints they may give off. I mean, them coming on and joking and saying, you know, it's been a great week, but I'm really looking forward to the weekend. I mean, that's all you could have asked for them to come on and say. They weren't going to fully address it, but those little hints that feeds us. Right. And again, if this does have something to do with TJ's alleged affairs that may or may not have been with ABC staffers that were reporting to him or below him, that's a totally different story, of course. But one, in that case, why would Amy have to be removed? And second of all, that's not what Kim, who is literally the ABC News president said. She directly says it's serving as too much of an internal and external distraction and not good for the brand, which I don't know. I, I think I'm still processing it. That news just broke. And I'm sure there are some really nuanced takes that I can maybe get on board with one way or another. In this current moment, my stance is that if that is the sole reason, I just don't think it's a good enough one. That's my thought, too. And also, I'm so one track mind focused on the viewership that from just a logistical standpoint for me, I can't see any other angle. That's not to say it doesn't exist or shouldn't exist. It's just I have such a focus on that one element of it right now. So until there's something that until there was something that came out that would really explain taking them off the air and for really good reason, I can't fully get on board yet, but that could just be me. No, I mean, I think that that makes total sense. And again, something more could unfold. That's the thing about recording a podcast while a story is still breaking because you run the risk of sounding really stupid in a day and a half when it comes out that he could have been having an affair with an intern or something you know, terrible like that. That's in this current moment, that is not what is being said. So we can only operate from the information that we have. I just think that was not a turn that I, that I saw coming. I'll tell you that much. Also, I don't think we did a good enough job about talking about some of those paparazzi photos because November 13th, which was just three weeks ago when they were upstate New York, and it's the not only photo, but also the video of them packing up the car and he's like grabbing her ass a few times. That tells you all you need to know. You know how I know this is an affair, actually? Mm. No one in the history of being New York City residents has gone to an Irish pub in Times Square, and also upstate for the weekend if they're not trying to at least hide something. <laughs> right. Like, that is the biggest giveaway in all of this. You guys are going to tell me that you're voluntarily going to Times Square and there's nothing about it that's trying to remove yourself from the public eye? Sorry, I'm, I'm not buying that. We are not buying it. But you know what? I'm buying the story. So you ended up on top, I think. Right. And they're very intentionally not going to, you know, a Via Corota or courtside Knicks game. That's one thing that they are not doing. Oh, but I would love to see them at either of those locations now. And also, you know, it's going to be crazy. Like, let's just say hypothetically that both of their divorces get finalized and in some turn of events, they are really soulmates and they end up together and it's this whole thing. We will for sure be seeing them courtside a Knicks game. For sure. Can I ask you a question about that scenario? Like, let's say they both get divorced. They both decide to stay together. Do you think... Once a cheater, always a cheater. Oh, you're going to hit me with that first thing in the morning? What a loaded question. I mean, okay. First of all, I think that you are maybe more qualified to answer this, or maybe you can answer from a more like emotional perspective if you have been cheated on before, which I haven't. So I can't quite personally understand the pain that comes from that, which is why it may be easier for me to say no than it is for someone who has been cheated on. So I just want to acknowledge that. I would say in my opinion, that it's more circumstantial. I really do think that people can change and can evolve. I think that if it's a serial cheater situation, 
probably the answer is yes. But I don't believe that a one-time indiscretion makes you an eternally unfaithful partner. But again, just my opinion. What do you think? That's my thought as well. And the reason that I really bring it up and that that answer was kind of what my thought was as well is because this does kind of seem like a serial cheating circumstance. And I have to say, like, of course, I would be very interested in the opinion of somebody who has been cheated on and what they would say about this fact. I'm actually more interested in somebody who has cheated in the past or has been a serial cheater in the past, whether or not they also feel that way. Like if they were anonymously to say like, I have cheated in the past and I know that once a cheater, always a cheater, like I wouldn't change. Or if they would say I had cheated in the past, I was a serial cheater in the past, but then I found somebody and then, you know, because of this one specific person, I, I would never do it again or something like that. Right. I guess I, I maybe feel that it has the potential to be a little bit more circumstantial than others may think, which again, I, I, I don't know. I think it's an interesting conversation. I mean, I will say I saw a tweet, which I'll, I can't remember the handle now, but I will find the link and I'll put it in the description that said something like, listen, is cheating inherently wrong? Absolutely. But the way that we as a society have like villainized the act of cheating has taken a turn too far. And I kind of agree with that. And like, of course it's wrong. When you are cheating, you are actively hurting a person that you love and that you agreed to be faithful to. It's it's wrong, like period. But I think that the way that the public almost now has equated that act and, and choosing to take it on from like a morality police standpoint is maybe getting into a little bit of dangerous territory, not with this particular instance, just in general. And I think that that's something to just think about, which like, as I'm talking, I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, I think that Tristan Thompson is like one of the worst people in the entire world. But that again, feels specific to me. Like you deliberately chose to go ahead with the surrogacy with Chloe while you knew that you had a baby on the way. Like that is a, a supreme level that to me, I think is much more indicative of like a deep, deep, deep character flaw. I don't think that one person that cheats one time can now be looked at forever as like the worst person in the world and no longer is allowed to be perceived as like at all morally responsible. I think that that's a crazy far jump. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot here. I will say that I think that the point we're probably getting at in terms of reactions to cheating and the way that we've taken on cheating or villainized cheating, like whatever it may be, I do think that it is very circumstantial, but I will say that what I think we can agree on, even with the Tristan thing, I think that if you are 99.9% .9 of people, you are on board with fuck Tristan Thompson. However, I think that most people would also agree, fuck Tristan Thompson, but he shouldn't not be able to play basketball because of that. Like his personal life should not affect his job in that way, especially if he's performing at his job and there's not something that he's doing wrong to that extent where he would, he should be taken off the team. You know what I mean? It's the same thing kind of with this circumstance. Like is cheating wrong? In a lot of cases, yes. In every case, maybe not. It's very circumstantial. Should Amy and TJ be taken off the air because of the affair they had? No, unless there is some larger issue there where they would or he would not be able to maintain his job for certain reasons. But for cheating, no, I don't think so. And I think that that's something that we probably can all agree on. Right. Like, I guess it could almost be considered a version of separating the art from the artist. Whereas I don't care how talented you are at whatever your job is, if it comes out that you have physically abuse your significant other and you are a abuser, not just solely a cheater. To me, that's a completely different version of like, I no longer feel morally sound continuing to support your art. Whereas, is it great that you cheat on your partner? No. But do I think that you should no longer be able to be supported for what you're doing with this knowledge? Not necessarily. I just think it like kind of sucks. Right. Exactly. Yes. And that's an important, really important thing to keep in mind in these circumstances, which I think that for the most part with this specific story, I think that's the conclusion most people have come to, except for apparently what it seems like ABC networks, which is why people were so confused by that decision. Yeah. Again, more of this is going to come out. That is one thing I know for absolute positive. We're also going to get more paparazzi photos, whether that's them together or they're separately. We may get statements from their spouses. They may then be back on the air. We don't know. Like it's a developing story and we'll obviously keep you posted because this has taken me in a way that I certainly did not anticipate. Me too.
So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. So Kiki Palmer was hosting SNL this Saturday and during her monologue, she announced that she was pregnant. She says, there's some rumors going around. People have been in my comments saying Kiki's having a baby, Kiki's pregnant, and I want to set the record straight. I am. And then she rips open her jacket and you can see that she's pregnant. And like it it set the internet into a tailspin because I think she is one of the very few celebrities where the majority of people just feel an overwhelming happiness for her, even without following her that closely. Right. Well, that's such a huge aspect of all of this. Obviously, we're so excited for her and so excited for this pregnancy. But I think what it is more than anything else is we're just excited about Kiki Palmer in general. And anytime we get to show our appreciation for her, we're just thrilled to do so as a collective. And so to be able to do that following such a historic night for her to be on SNL, it was like the perfect storm. And she's kept her relationship, I would say, relatively private. She's been dating a guy by the name of Darius Jackson for a little while now. It is believed that they met at Diddy and Issa Rae's Memorial Day party in May 2021, which like that also just adds a great element to the story. But I know there's not much to say here. Just so overwhelmingly happy for her. I feel like she is sunshine in human form. And I know that this baby will just bring so much brightness to the world. My favorite tweet that I saw was somebody saying that Kiki is so talented and just a jack of all trades that they wouldn't be surprised if she was the father of her own baby, which I feel like (laughs) is the perfect way to sum up Kiki Palmer. (laughs) She can do it all. People forget though that, or maybe they don't, but this is true Jackson we're talking about. Well, that was the other thing that she said was, I know it might be weird for people that this child star that they grew up with is pregnant, but like, I'm 29, I have sex, I'm pregnant. Like, she's like, you know, that's just a part of life. And I think that we all feel that way. But I think that what has been 
so important, <laughs> so important for us as a society is <laughs> watching her progress. And I think that we've always had her in our mind as, you know, true Jackson VP or Akilah and the B, but like, I love this collective understanding and realization of what a talent she is in her adult life. And I know that we are just going to continue to see that, which is, I mean, that's as exciting as it gets and deserved as it gets. Yeah. And also I think that like we've just heard from a lot of people that she is exactly as you would expect her to be like overwhelmingly pleasant to work with, super kind, super gracious, which I think is additionally just good to hear about a celebrity that you follow and you like that they really are the way that they appear to be because that's not the case in in probably the majority of cases. Right. I have to say also that an onstage pregnancy announcement like this is one of like my favorite niche celebrity things. Like Beyonce at the VMAs, Cardi at the BET Awards. Like I love an onstage big moment pregnancy reveal. And also what a story to tell your future kid. Oh my God. Yeah. Like you were, you were first introduced to the world on the SNL stage. That's, that's talk about a fun fact for that kid when they're like doing sorority rush. You are so right. No, that is, (laughs) that is fucking fun. I am so excited to share this twisted new series with you from the mind of Tim Burton comes Wednesday Adams only on Netflix. And first of all, this is not a remake or reboot of previous Adams family projects. It's really a new chapter in the story of Wednesday Adams. So it's a show about Wednesday specifically exploring her journey into adulthood. And it's kind of this supernaturally infused mystery that charts Wednesday's year as a student at Nevermore Academy, where she attempts to both master her emerging psychic ability, thwart a monstrous killing spree that has terrorized the local town, and then also solve the murder mystery that embroiled her parents 25 years ago, all while navigating her new and very tangled relationships at Nevermore. So just as a side note, Nevermore Academy is kind of the backdrop for this story. It's this very unique boarding school. Some notable alumni are Edgar Allan Poe and Morticia Adams, just to name a few. And the show really does have incredible talent that will play iconic characters. Just to name a few, Jenna Ortega is Wednesday, Catherine Zeta-Jones is Morticia, Luis Guzman is Gomez, Fred Armisen is Uncle Fester, Christina Ricci as a teacher at Nevermore Academy, and so many more. Watch Wednesday, a twisted new series from the mind of Tim Burton, out now, only on Netflix. So in a minute, we're going to get into some of the Kim and Kanye stuff in terms of the logistics of the divorce settlement and a few other things. I just want to say, I know we have said before that talking about Kanye's anti-Semitism is so upsetting and so difficult to really get into that we are making the conscious choice to no longer discuss him on our platform, even though he seems to be being platformed by so many people. I just, this most recent thing when he goes on Alex Jones, which even that in and of itself, talking about praising Hitler and in some ways his admiration for the Nazis, that was the one where everything else has upset me and it's scared me. And I've been like, this guy is despicable. He's disgusting. I absolutely never have any interest in consuming any of his media again. But this most recent one was to the point where like, it had nothing to do with Kanye necessarily. Obviously what he said was disgusting, but I found myself having such a visceral reaction to watching the response from, of course, now the people that he has incited. And I didn't tell this to you, but when we were in Florida, because Julie wears a high necklace, when we were in Florida and the guy on the beach like said something about your high, which happens a lot, obviously, I, it was so out of context. Like I just, I didn't, think that we were in a situation surrounded by other Jews at all, that for a moment, I got like a little bit nervous. Like I thought he was about to say something based on the shit that we have seen going on. I thought that was about to be an anti-Semitic moment. And it's so fucking crazy that in 2022, I'm sitting here and we're on the beach and a guy is complimenting your hi. And I'm like sitting here about to be like, oh my God, are we about to experience anti-Semitism firsthand? And what a terrible like feeling to feel, you know? I I know exactly what you mean. And I, I wear this often. I also wear it purposely, but I, 
it's the first time that I've worn it the last, I wouldn't even say a couple of weeks. I would say a couple of months with everything going on Kanye wise, where I've questioned it, or I've thought in specific circumstances, should I tuck this into my shirt, which is a feeling that I hate probably more than anything else in the entire world. But I've also spoken to other people who have said that they have had similar thoughts and people who have been, for example, like shopping at CVS in the city and gone to grab you know, Hanukkah paper. And then for a minute been like, do I want to carry this to the register right now? Like it, it really is to even have to think about it uh, beyond, beyond words. I, I don't even know what to say about it, but this last thing with, with Kanye is, I, I wouldn't say it's the final straw in the sense of my final straw was, was a very, very long time ago. But I think that um, up until this point, there's been an ounce of me that still operates with a sense of, sympathy for him because I can tell this is just somebody who is just deeply unwell. And this last thing I think that I've, I've, I've lost that to be honest with you. I don't blame you, Julie. I've, this one, it rocks me in a way that I, I can't remember being this rocked by another public figures, like quote, problematic statement in this way. I had such a, a personal reaction. It was, I guess this is like, I guess it was the experience for me of like the generational trauma, especially because my aunt was just here and she was telling me all the stories of like how, you know, my grandma's family escaped the Nazis and what that was like. And she was telling me details from the story that I never knew firsthand. You know, I I was telling you about it, like literally what, two weeks before all this stuff happened. And it just hit me in such a way where I, I, I hate this man. I like, I really don't, I would not call myself at all a hateful person. And I recognize he has a a lot of stuff going on and he has some serious mental illness that he does deserve to be treated for. At the same time, though, this is, in my opinion, not a result of that. I think that he is a anti-Semitic, disgusting asshole who also happens to be struggling with untreated mental illness. But I like... I can't talk about it anymore. And the only reason I want to say it here is because when we get DMs from people that say, wow, can't believe you're not using your platform. Can't believe you're not going to say one word about Kanye. It's like, that upsets me in such a deep way because it's like, we have condemned this behavior multiple times before. Every time having to talk about it and having to relive the words that he said, it is very, very hard. Honest to God, this is not like a, we didn't want to go there. It was a little bit too dark. This is like, it's deeply painful to discuss. And when we get DMs like that, it's the only thing, it's the only DM out of anything that gets me so mad. Like to the point where I have personally responded to a few people because I just, I can't believe that that's your takeaway. Like, how are we now all of a sudden in trouble for not repeatedly every single time he says something batshit crazy and deeply hurtful now getting in trouble for not speaking about it? Sometimes it's just too much. Sometimes I want to be able to go through my day and not have to worry about condemning Kanye's love of Nazism. Like fucking, of course, that's the most disgusting, hateful thing I've ever heard. I, it's just, I, I'm done. Like I hate him. I fucking hate him. I think he is a terrible human being. And you're right. I had a lot of sympathy for him. And on some levels I do, because, you know, it's so sad that this is what his legacy will become, but God, what a fucking way to go down. Sometimes I still, I truly can't believe it. I, I can't like all of it, any aspect of it, like it's, it's rocked me. It really has. And, and when the rest of the public and the rest of our people are equally as rocked and equally as upset and equally as struggling, like I, I feel it so deeply, especially because again, I think that we've dealt with a lot of celebrities in our lifetime who have said some very out of pocket things, some very hateful things, some very disgusting things. I think it's usually pretty easy to play them off. I think that Kanye is maybe one of the biggest, most influential celebrities that we've ever had, period, period. And then on top of that, saying these things. And so I think that people underestimate how truly terrifying it is. And I I hope that we as a people and we as the general public are smart enough to know that like, you know, maybe you've been buying what he's selling up into a certain point, but as soon as he's praising Hitler, you know, to be the fuck out. And again, if it took you to this point, you've lost my respect already, but I would rather you be out now than not out at all. But you also have to keep in mind that 
There are people that will just continue to listen to him, that will just continue to support him and buy what he's selling and stand by him and excuse his actions. And I just, I, 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 there's no part of me that can fathom or understand that. No. And, and I, I, I can't do that either. You can't control what anyone else does. I can just control what I do. And that's just a circumstance where as far as I'm concerned, he's entirely written off, which again, the, the other argument is like, how can you guys not see through this? Clearly he's just doing it to get a rise out of people. I don't care. I don't care whether or not Kanye truly praises Hitler in his heart. It's not about that. It's the fact that when you say that as such an influential person, you are now rallying the troops. Like it, it, it causes this mentality among so many other people. And that's the scary part. Kanye himself, what he thinks, what one man thinks is not terrifying. It's disgusting, but it's not terrifying. It's the way that he has incited people. It's terrifying. And I would just wish more than anything that he would stop being given a platform. But that's it. We'll get into the you know, divorce stuff, anything else. I just, that really for right now, at least it needs to be the final stances. I, I, that personally, that I feel comfortable speaking on it. I can't do it anymore. It's too upsetting. I know me too. Okay. So anyone who knows me and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, cause I guess we've just <laughs> gotten real close around here knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable, like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wear. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard Skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because you guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's Probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H, If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you, or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada, yada, yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Okay, so last Wednesday, it was announced that Kim and Connie have finally reached a settlement in their divorce. And in a draft obtained by CNN, Apparently, Kim will receive $200,000 per month in child support from Kanye and share joint custody of their four children. He will also be responsible for half of the children's medical, educational, and security expenses. And then their assets, including their property, will be divided based upon their prenup. Which, if I am Kim, to have this be finalized is probably the greatest weight off my shoulders. I can't even imagine what that feels like. It's also so interesting to me that they landed on a shared custody agreement, which according to reports seems to be like 50-50, even though even Kanye has previously said that Kim has the kids about 80% of the time. 
Yeah, I, I don't think I have a clear enough picture in terms of what that actually looks like, because obviously what's on paper is one thing, but as it continues to evolve based on what ends up being needed, I, I guess is another. The, the other thing, which I'm glad we took that ad break because my blood pressure definitely raised when talking about everything with Kanye. The only other thing we wanted to mention regarding him is in his Twitter spree, he puts out a tweet that basically says, and one last thing, I caught this guy with Kim and it's a photo of Chris Paul. Which then Kim comes out basically saying, you know, those cheating allegations have no base and Connie's just trying to distract from his vulgar statements and, you know, hurling things about Kim has been a tactic he's used in the past. And this is not the first time that Kanye has tried to, I guess, slut shame Kim in order to distract or move his points along. My question for you is... If Kim is going to have a source come out, which it does seem like it was probably through Kim, although it wasn't explicitly said that way, if Kim is going to have a source come out to deny these Chris Paul rumors, isn't it wrong for her to not touch upon the other stuff? Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm sure there are a lot of different perspectives on it. For me, I do try to be really cautious of not falling into that trap of why should women need to answer for men's actions or wrongdoings? I feel strongly about that. At the same time, if Kim is going to come out via a source and deny the Chris Paul allegations, and by doing that, basically give life to anything that Kanye said, I also think making a statement that's not just a general condemning anti-Semitism statement, but specifically calling out what he said on Alex Jones's podcast is maybe in order. Do I think that she absolutely has to do it? No. Do I think that anything that Kanye says is a reflection of Kim and her beliefs? Absolutely not. To me, it's more so... Why wouldn't you? What is the downside of condemning, praising Hitler? And I think that especially if she's going to respond to any of what he said, this was an opportunity to do so. That's how I feel as well. And listen, I, I am so overly cautious as well as to not, again, blame a woman for the actions of a man, especially one that they are divorced from. And so I can understand Kim maybe not wanting to respond to anything he says as a way to like make it very clear that there's no, there's nothing here anymore. Like I do not have to answer for this man anymore. He is not my husband. I do not owe the public anything on his behalf. I can understand the wanting to separate yourself as much as humanly possible. But the fact of the matter is, is that you can really only separate yourself so much. And I think that when something like, as heinous as praising Hitler comes out. And I know that Kim has made a, a statement in the past about condemning the anti-Semitism. I know that it's not like she has said nothing at all. But when Kanye is out here publicly praising Hitler, I think it's a time to step in and just make your stance very clear, especially when people are looking to you and saying like, okay, you you share kids with this. So what do those conversations look like at home? And not that she owes us what those conversations look like. I just think that Kim knows that people are looking to her, even if they're not married, even if they're divorced, even if she wants to sever that association as much as possible. The fact of the matter is people are then looking to her. And when people are looking to you and you aren't saying anything in return, I think that people are going to be disappointed by that. And I understand that fact. I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little disappointed myself, especially when the contrast is Kanye praising Hitler and Kim is, again, as she has every right to be, in Miami for Art Basel. It just would, I think, as the public, be a little comforting for her to be enjoying herself while also condemning him. And I don't know if that's the right thing. I don't know if she owes that. That's just how I felt in the moment. Right. And I think that that's really honest of you to say that that's how you felt. And I'm on board with it. To me, I think it's more so like, don't you want to? Forget about what you should right. do or you shouldn't do. Don't you kind of want to? Like, don't you want to make it abundantly clear? Even though people aren't thinking that Kim is on board with this. Of course not. Of course not. I have so much respect for Kim and a million times more respect for her than I do for Kanye any given day. And I give a lot more power to her word than I give to his. I just think, what's the harm in it? What's the harm in making one statement of, of saying what he said? I Listen, I guess the answer to that question as I'm talking is like, quote, keeping the peace at home or whatever you want to call that. But to me, that, that's been shattered, you know? And at this point, I think Kanye would probably be more pissed at her calling him a liar for the Chris Paul thing than responding to his praise of Hitler as crazy and fucked up as that may sound. I think that that's probably true. So yeah, I... 
I mean, listen, we, if anyone, are not in the camp of like, the Kardashians are responsible for everything. That's so not where we land in the slightest. I think this is an opportunity where it's like, yeah, do I think she should have? I I do. And I think that she still can. Right. I also think like, if it's not just Kim, by the way, if you are somebody that has not denounced your relationship with Kanye, I mean, I know a lot of his close friends have, there's not so many that I can think of that are still around, but if you are somebody who maybe isn't friends and has distanced yourself from him, but has been friends with him in the past, I also think that it's on you to denounce this. I also think it's on you to speak out about this and make it clear that these are not your feelings and that you aren't associating with somebody who thinks in this disgusting way. I, I, I think there's a lot more celebrities that should be speaking out and not just about, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think that there's a responsibility on everybody to be like, this guy is not somebody whose words you should be listening to in any way, shape, or form. Right. Again, not because you or I care at all about what one individual person thinks, what a celebrity thinks about Kanye. It's their influence. It's the way that they then influence the public. And that is what is both so scary and then also can be so comforting to have someone in the opposite direction. Right. Yeah. Anyway, and this crazy shit. I do want to just quickly go back to that photo. So basically, Kim was at Disney World celebrating Saint's birthday. And there was this TikTok that has gone semi-viral. I'll put the link in the description if we can find it, where, you know, when you're on a ride at Disney, there are photos of you that come up on the screen and you can choose to purchase that or not. So her security was covering the screen as for no one to be able to take those photos, which is like crazy to be that famous that you'd have to think about that. Anyway, I guess someone saw the number logged on and you can see the photo of her where she's wearing this kind of oversized Gucci jacket. And my question to you is, is that just a coincidence or is her so publicly wearing another brand, specifically a jacket that quite literally says Gucci in such a non-subtle way at all a sign that maybe that's the next brand she's working with? Or do you think she's going to test the waters? Maybe next week she'll be wearing Prada. Maybe next week, you know, Moschino. And then we see where she lands. Like, do you think that she will have another Balenciaga era with another Balenciaga, meaning that's going to be the only designer she wears for a little while. I'm not sure. I wouldn't, even if that may be the case, I wouldn't read too much into the Gucci right now. I think you're going to see her wearing a lot of different brands. And I think that you're going to see her maybe experimenting more with name brands than you would have in the past because I mean, of course, you've seen her really primarily showing off the Balenciaga, but it's not like she's neglected other brands in in the process of that. She has definitely worn a lot of Prada, a lot of other brands and and shown a love and appreciation for them. I don't know if we'll ever see her commit to a brand in the way that she did with Balenciaga. I think that the smart thing to do would be to not do that and to not put all of your eggs kind of in one basket so that when if anything were to happen again with another brand, it's not like you then have to completely answer for that. But I do think that you'll see her have brands that she favors for periods of time and then moves on to the next and then moves on to the next and then comes back. Like, I don't think that she's on one set pattern here. And I don't think that she's necessarily out to find the next Balenciaga. Yeah. I mean, that's also possible. And that's something I was thinking about. Has this whole situation with them maybe turned her off from almost having that exclusive association. I I don't know. It's something that we're going to definitely have to see, but I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't make a little bit of a note of the Gucci jacket. Oh, absolutely. I think that you're going to make a note of a lot of what she wears over the next couple of weeks, couple of months, especially if it's the name brand big and bold like that. What will be really interesting is to see who she wears to the Met Gala next year. I know. And just the Met Gala in general. I mean, that's a whole other thing we have to look forward to, Kim aside. Are you kidding? Do you know how much we have to look forward to? It's almost overwhelming on any given day. (laughs) I know. And the last thing that I wanted to mention is, as you guys know, when Kardashians is not in season, we typically use the Kardashian bonus show to recap an old episode. So most recently we watched Chloe and Lamar season one, and we were about to do Keeping Up with the Kardashians season six, which we love doing and will continue to do. However, there is so much good TV on right now. So we were thinking for the next two weeks or so, we're going to use the bonus show, not Kardashian specific. So this week, should I tell them? Yeah, I would love that. 
Okay, this week we're going to do, released either Wednesday or Thursday, not sure, it's going to depend on timing, White Lotus Season 2. Of course, the finale has not happened, but we are going to do our episode with Sammy from Betches, who has, I mean, I'm going to use the word prolific takes on television. And so she's going to come on. We're going to talk all things White Lotus with her tomorrow. That will be released either Wednesday or Thursday. And then we were thinking, and these are all just like ideas, so feel free to to weigh in um, in the DMs. We were thinking for next week, we'll talk, we'll use the bonus show to talk My Unorthodox Life Season 2, Sex Lives of College Girls, and the Jonah Hill documentary. And maybe not, maybe something else will happen that will switch gears, but I don't know. We're just thinking maybe switching it up a little because the Kardashian old episodes are always going to be there. And obviously we love talking about it, but some of this TV just feels very of the moment and we want to have a space to be able to do it. And I guess I should say we feel so lucky to have a space to be able to do it that why not utilize that? So that was our thought. And uh, anything else you want to mention? I think that's it. I am truly so excited for the episode with Sammy to be able to talk about White Lotus because I personally can't think about anything else right now. And I know she really can't. And I love more than anything, more than those two things combined, you being forced to watch television because that's my happiest place. (laughs) Yes, I'm doing it and I love it. And I'm so glad that I did. And I'm also really excited to watch the Jonah Hill documentary because people that I have not spoken to in literal years have come out of the woodwork to be like, you of all people are going to eat this shit up. And so I, I have to trust everyone that's telling me that. So that's it. And we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. And we will be back later this week for the White Lotus episode. And then Isabel and I will be back on Friday for Bravo, which we also have a surprise in that episode, which we will see very soon. <laughs>